really quick for me and everybody listening. Can you confirm how you pronounce your shop's name? <laughs> La Mercerie. La Mercerie. La Mercerie. Yes. If I'm writing it out for someone, it's M-A-R-E dash S-I-R dash. Hello, makers. Welcome to the Making Conversation podcast, where we chat all about making the app and the act. I'm Jen, head of marketing here at Making. My pronouns are she, her, and my making app username is Knit Pearl. Now, a few months back, I journeyed to Bainbridge Island because the oh-so-magical humans, Adela Colvin, Jimmy, and Gigi, were visiting the lovely shop, Lamb and the Kid. I hadn't been to Bainbridge since before 2020. After we all had a late lunch, I knew that we needed to also pop over to the lovely La Mercerie, the other well-known fiber gem of the island. If you've never been, y'all need to fix that. It's such a lovely shop and everyone there was the sweetest and most welcoming. And I promise I'm not saying this because they knew who we all were and I had a small moment of feeling very cool to be recognized as quote unquote Jen from making. I left my email address with them because it had been on my list to get in touch with the team because we definitely wanted to be a part of the upcoming newest Seattle-based makers event flock fiber festival the next day or shortly thereafter it was very quick we started the conversation and it was meant to be also jessica is just the most lovely person so of course i wanted to invite on the amazing human who owns la mercerie and also is running flock fiber festival to join us here on the podcast so welcome jessica it's so good to have you hi thanks jen i am so excited to be here Obviously, I've been a big fan of making for a long time, since back in the print magazine days. Yeah, yeah, I know. We've had a whole, like, revolution of things. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? I am Jess, the owner of La Mercerie and organizer of Flock Fiber Festival. Uh, My pronouns are she, her, and my making username is La Mercerie. Um, I am located in the beautiful Bainbridge Island, Washington, which is just across the water from Seattle. I've been a maker for ever, I think, but I started knitting about 13 years ago and haven't really looked back since. I also sew and I recently took up spinning. If it's a fiber craft, I'm there. I'm all in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Today we're going to obviously be talking about flock but i also want to hear about your history and how you came to own law mercery and i don't know tell us the tell us from the beginning because owning your own yarn shop that's got to have been i assume it was probably a process of figuring out how where what all of that (laughs) <laughs> yes. I was actually talking about this with somebody the other day who's like, did you go to business school? And I said, no, I fake it and I use Google a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I mean, like I said, I started making in college, um, really making and knitting and sewing in college. And at the time I was living in Colorado. So I was lucky enough to have the amazing Fancy Tiger Crafts as my local yarn shop. I bought my first apparel fabric there. I bought my first hand-dyed yarn there. I mean, they were just like hugely inspirational. Um, And when I moved to Seattle a few years later, there were a couple of small shops in the area, but I was really having a hard time finding the materials that I wanted to be able to make my own clothes. I was really passionate about 
sewing my own wardrobe, knitting my own wardrobe, and most of what I could find was quilting cottons or acrylic yarns. And it was frustrating to want to be able to buy these things and not know where to go. So I figured I would change that and start a shop that was really focused on apparel and focused on the materials that you would want to wear. And that's where La Mercerie started. So back in the day, about six and a half years ago, I started carrying both fabric and yarn. And then it was just me in our spare bedroom. And then we converted the garage when we outgrew the spare bedroom. We converted another garage when we moved. (laughs) (laughs) And I opened up the retail shop about a year and a half ago and hired my first employee. And the rest is history. So uh, it's definitely been like a figure it out as you go kind of situation. But oh my gosh, it's been an amazing journey so far to be able to see it all. It's like my first baby, seeing the shop grow up and carry different things and welcome people into the doors. It's just been really great. So you started out online. What were your first steps to help get the word out about that? Honestly, Instagram. Six years ago, Instagram wasn't being used for business all that much. And so it was still in the early days when you could take a beautiful photo and it would get shared because people liked beautiful photos. You know, reels weren't a thing and business accounts weren't a thing. And so it was all about connecting with other makers and the hand dyers, the the pattern designers, you kind of built these relationships in a very different way than we do now. Now it's a lot of hashtags and things like that. But back then it was really reaching out and starting the conversation and then taking the photos, emailing the photos. Everybody would share the photos and hopefully it would get, the word would get spread. It was definitely a little bit more, I shouldn't say more community focused. It was community focused in a very different way back then. Mm-hmm. And so social media was really hugely helpful for me. Yeah, I think with how Instagram has gone, it's hard to have that community there now. It is. And that is a big reason why we started the making app. Yeah, absolutely. Because it feels more and more impersonal mm-hmm. as the days go by. So being able to have a place to go where makers can find each other is pretty important. How did you choose your storefront? Did you always know that you wanted to open up something on Bainbridge? Or was that just an all of a sudden like, okay, we have to move out of this second converted garage? (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of everything. Before we moved to this area, to the Bainbridge Island community, we lived over on the east side of Seattle. And I started looking at storefronts there. And pre-pandemic times, You couldn't find a space. It was impossible. Mm -hmm. But things were just filling up like crazy. And so I had decided the moment is right. Then what will be will be. And if it doesn't work, then we'll figure out the garage. And then in the beginning of the pandemic, we moved from the east side of Washington over to the Kitsap Peninsula where, where Bainbridge is. We actually live in a small town just north of Bainbridge called Polesbow. Um, and when we started looking at retail space, honestly, I was like anywhere within the 45 minute drive we will take, we just need something. And we got a space up in Polesbow that was a little rough and tumble. It needed a lot of work and it wasn't our ideal location. So we decided to go with it, make the best that we could and continue looking for new spaces. Bainbridge is just such a beautiful place and mm-hmm. It's so close to the ferry and the city. Church Mouse was here for 20 years. So the knitting community is already, it's already here. We've already Mm -hmm. got knitters who are passionate about sharing what they're doing. So all of that to say, the ultimate goal, yes, was to get to Bainbridge. It just took us a while to get here. And then out of nowhere, a space opened up and it was just 
pure luck that we found out about it before somebody else did. We took it as quick as we could and moved three weeks later. We ended up in Bainbridge very unexpectedly, but could not be happier that we are here. The community has been so welcoming and so wonderful. And being able to meet people in person is just a totally different world and pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. I think everybody was like really sad when Church Mouse closed their doors, but it was yes. understandable. And of course, they're still alive and well online. But just to be able to like have both of the shops there, but your shop, I feel like is very much there's like a connection there. I don't know. Maybe it's just like how you present. I feel like you also said that there was a connection between you and Church Mouse. Now there is. When we moved to the island, the two owners, Kit and John, reached out and were so welcoming and, and have been really wonderful, taking me under their wing, I guess, in a way. So they are actually going to have, we carry some of the Church Mouse patterns in the shop. And mm -hmm. then we're also going to have a whole bunch of patterns at, at Flock. <laughs> My little little push there. Oh, yeah. We'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> yes. And Kit is actually going to be coming to the booth for an event on Sunday. They've just been so supportive and wonderful. And I think it's really fun, I think, having the two yarn shops on the island because no matter what you're looking for, one of us is going to have something. If we don't yeah. have it, we'll send you down to Lamb and Kid. And if they don't have it, they'll send you over here. No matter your project, no matter your color story someone's mm -hmm. got something for you <laughs> yeah together it's like there's everything but like walking into your shop there's just like this calming feeling and it was just it's so beautifully arranged and I love how you like upcycled lots of things to create spaces to hold the yarn and um, display it is there anything next for the shop or are you just like let's focus on the festival and that's it. Right this very second, I am like, we're just going to make it through August 6th. Yeah. We're going to survive. And so we're going to sleep. Oh, no. yeah. Okay. So uh, make it through August no. 6th, sleep, and then. Yes. And then we're adding spinning to the shop. So I'm really excited about that. We're going to be selling wheels and fiber and starting some introduction to spinning classes. So that's like our next big hurrah. And then every year we do the Winter Wishes sock swap, which is a, a fiber swap. And then we do the Insta Friends knit along with Andrea Mowry. So fall is going to be very busy, but we have some really exciting things planned too. And the shop isn't just selling yarn and notions and such. You also do classes as well, as you mentioned you with the spinning yeah. classes. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. So we're still figuring out what people want to learn and what makes the most sense. But um, anybody who we can bring in to teach knitting, teach crochet, and bring them into their craft is amazing. As we do every week, we are going to talk about what we are working on yeah. besides Flock Fiber Festival. I know. <laughs> <laughs> have you picked up any sort of creative thing lately and had oh. time to work on it? A little bit. I just finished two projects. So I'm in between things right now. But I went to Taylor Swift a couple days ago when she was in Seattle, and I knit a hot pink bralette to wear. I did not end up wearing it, but I did finish it in time, which was half the battle. Yeah, there's always half so the battle, that. isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I'm like frantically eye-cording some straps on Sunday morning before I left. Yeah, it was. So you're going to wear that to day one of flock, right? That's going to be your. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Yes. And then I just finished a uh, spinning project. Um, there's this thing in the spinning world called Tour de Fleece, which is uh, for the same time period as the Tour de France, mm -hmm. you spin. 
and you can join teams and compete to see who can, which teams can produce the most yardage. I am like so not there. I just wanted to finish a spin <laughs> and try to spin as many days as possible. So I finished my first like multi-skein spin. So that was pretty fun. I'm excited that you're getting into spinning. I feel like there are certain things that I have wanted to dip a toe into that I have not allowed myself to do yet because of my ADHD hyperfocus. And I think that spinning <laughs> is one of those. Yes. I'd be like, where's Jen? She hasn't left her room in years. <laughs> and you open the door, there's piles of hand spun around you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. It's interesting. As an adult, I have found at least that you rarely get to learn something completely from scratch. Like cooking, you might learn a new technique, but you at least know the basics of cooking. But with spinning, it was so humbling to not know anything about what I was doing and truly just learn. And it was really fun. I feel like I haven't done that since school when you get to try out so many different things. So it's been a lot of fun. With this last volume of Bright Collective, we had an illustrator create this beautiful design and we basically gave like the outline of it to everybody in this volume of Bright Collective to do what they will, right? Like you could watercolor, oh, you cool. could digital, like color it. There's a better way to say that. but And I decided to embroider it. And Ooh. yes, I have only made one other embroidery piece before because this is embroidery is very new to me. But I'm embroidering it and it is just let's I'm to everyone who embroiders. You have the patience of something that has a lot of patience. <laughs> it takes so much longer than I thought it was going to. But it's been really interesting because I know it's not perfect at all. I know that the stitches are not could be neater and the color. I'm just like going for it. And it's such a freeing feeling. And eventually it's going to be a back patch that goes on a jean jacket. So, yeah, I am working on that. And obviously all of this flock festival goodness. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's also what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about flock. Yeah. Some of these events are like, we're not doing this anymore. And you're like, no, we're going to do a new thing. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. So where did flocks, like, where did flock start in your brain? Wh where did this come from? So... In March of 2020, in the before times, I was scheduled to do a show here in Seattle. Obviously, it got canceled. None of us knew what we were in for. But at that time, it throughout the process, it became very clear that the vendors were not as important as the bottom line of this show mm -hmm. and that their goal was to make money and not to actually support the small businesses that were making them money. <laughs> And that was really discouraging. And luckily, I had the opportunity to work with a lot of the other vendors who were at the canceled show. And we did this little last minute virtual marketplace. Gosh, if you think about how much the dyers have to die in order to prepare for these shows, it's just yeah. so much work and it's so expensive. And so we did a little virtual show to be able to help them move through some of the inventory that they had prepared for the actual show, the in-person show. And it was just so great to see everybody come together and support one another and be about the small businesses instead of being about this big corporation. And so that kind of got me thinking about it a little bit. So we really want, I say we, like there's more than one of us who's planning this. <laughs> <laughs> so this past year, 
last year, I guess, when things started opening back up, it really just became a possibility. There's so much talent in the Pacific Northwest in particular that we wanted to be able to showcase that. And of course, there's there's vendors from all over the country and all over the world who are coming, but to be able to have one in our own backyard and show off some of the vendors that live close to home is pretty exciting. What have you learned? I know that you've probably learned a million things, but is there anything like specific that you've learned about running a festival that you were like, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen or this is cool or I don't know, just like a little (laughs) tidbit. Oh my gosh. There's so many. Honestly, it feels like we're planning a wedding that's three weddings on one day. Oh, (laughs) there's so many things to coordinate that you're just like hoping and praying that it all comes together at the end. So the venue is in an old airplane hangar, which is really cool. It's this like amazing 20,000 square foot space that's like very industrial looking, but open and beautiful. It's so cool, but it's an airplane hangar. So it's made out of metal. So cell phone service and Wi-Fi don't come in through the metal, which at least not well. Yeah. Figuring out how to create a Wi-Fi network inside of the building has been probably the biggest, like, why is this a thing that needs to happen? Like, why can't we just get Wi-Fi here? We're not going to say anything bad about the the space that you're having this in, but how have they not figured that out? They know. I say all of this loving the venue that we're in, but mm-hmm. I will preface by saying we are looking at a new venue for next year, just in case. So the the park that we're at, it's owned by the city. And I don't know, right. anything that is done by state workers or city workers, you have to go through so many approvals and mm-hmm. so many permits and licenses. And I think we've actually now... We've solved their Wi-Fi issue for them. We found a company they can work with, but Mm. I sent it to them like a month ago and they were like, yeah, we'll definitely look into this. And I was like, great. Can we get this in time for for our event? And she goes, oh, no, we might have that process started by the end of the year. I was like, okay. It's just any changes just take forever to do. Yeah, Um, it's if you've ever seen the tv show like parks and rec that's how i feel like everything works with any sort of yes it does not matter (laughs) where yeah exactly i'm like can i get leslie nope on this please yeah she would get things done so yeah she would love it i'm getting my binder ready for flock weekend channeling my inner leslie nope if you ask anybody on my team they would tell you i have pens i color code my planner leslie nope is my hero that's beautiful she's amazing that's beautiful (laughs) that maybe needs to be like some content that you release at some point here look at this beautiful organized thing i feel like so many people would appreciate it i would love to see that nothing about my planner is pretty it's just color coded of get this done today get this done tomorrow get this done this week like but like the people who have beautiful like bullet journals oh my god that is an art in and of itself that i have never yeah, I'm like, how do you have time to be so beautifully organized? I'm like the messy organized. One of my team members, Emily, she's been my right hand on all things flock. And every time we meet, she's she is desperately trying to get me to be like digitally organized so that we could have a shared list. And she is the owner of our shared list. And every time we get together, I pull out like the 37 
like pieces of paper that I've just pulled out of my purse that are crumpled up that I'm like, okay, Emily, we have this and this. And she's typing it all into the digital thing. And she's so organized and like beautifully connected. And I am a disaster with my color coded pens over here. <laughs> you can never, I will never be a digital planner person as much as I may try. I need my pens and paper. That's okay. That's why Emily is, yes. is your right hand person. It is. It is. <laughs> The venue, it's in Magnuson mm -hmm. Park. Is it that considered North Seattle? I guess it is, isn't it? I think sort it's of technically considered middle? Sandpoint. It's got it. It's north of where I'm sitting in this very moment. I should. Yes. <laughs> so, like, technically, everything is North Seattle <laughs> from where you are. <laughs> exactly. Anything that is north of just south of Capitol Hill is yes. North Seattle. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, how did you come upon this venue? There is a craft show that's held at Magnuson called Renegade Craft, and they travel all over the country. So if they hit your city, go, because they have some amazing makers who go there. So I had visited a couple times for Renegade Craft. Uh, and honestly, it's just, we, we like we're planning a wedding, I started looking at wedding venues because those are the only places that can have large capacity in a city. We're, mm -hmm. we're in downtown Seattle. So it's without going into the suburbs, you can't find really big spaces that can hold a lot of people. Hangar 30 can hold the most people out of everywhere that we were looking other than the Seattle Convention Center. And I knew that it was a really amazing space to have booths and it could be what we wanted it to be. And it could feel special and beautiful and fit a lot of makers. The vendor list that y'all have is like chef's kiss. It's beautiful. I love it. And <laughs> I'm it, so excited. It's so good. And I just love that it's it's diverse in like location and size. You've got spin cycle, but you also have, like you said, the one maker that is working so hard yeah. to dye all of this yarn before this event. Yeah. And I know that spin cycle also works hard like that, but they have yeah. so, more than one person doing it. They have a whole mill, whereas like, They've got, yes. people are like, it's me. Hi. <laughs> In the garage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did you like plan that or how did you get these specific vendors to commit to the show? So because of La Mercerie, I have a pretty great network of dyers and um, fiber friends in the community that I've been able to build relationships with over the last few years. Um, before we ever even announced Flock, I emailed a handful of them. Um, so Spin Cycle, Explorer Knits, I think I'm forgetting a couple, but anyways, I emailed a handful of these people who are huge in the fiber world and who, who I asked if they would just take a risk with me and say, hey, I wanna build this thing, I wanna do this, here's my vision. I want a show that supports community, whether that's the vendor community or the maker community, will you take this risk with me? And they did, which was unbelievable. And so all of the vendors who I had emailed said, yeah, absolutely, we would love to be a part of it. And I think that <laughs> they made me legitimate. I, <laughs> I, I feel like this very small fish in this very big sea of amazing fiber people. And I still get starstruck every time I get an email from Rachel or Kate at Spin Cycle. I'm like, Bleh! they're emailing me. <laughs> the most embarrassing Spin Cycle story was <laughs> I had been to Stitches and like a few events as a customer and as a vendor. And every single time I introduced myself to Kate and Rachel because I was like, they don't know who I am. I should just introduce myself again. 
And the last time I introduced myself to Kate and I was like, hi, I'm Jess. And she's like, yeah, I know. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> I had these amazingly talented makers who were willing to take the risk and give it a try. And we announced them first and then opened up vendor applications. And I think the Pacific Northwest was just so ready for a new fiber show because applications started pouring in. We filled up our spots so much faster than expected. And it just, again, social media is a pretty amazing thing. Word of mouth just spread. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a really great group of vendors who are going to be there. I'm already like, I'll be broke by the end of the weekend. There's so much good stuff. Oh, coming. yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm definitely the person who tries really hard to not buy yarn unless I have a project in mind because there's so many beautiful things but I'm throwing that right out the window <laughs> for this weekend because we'll get to how making and flock are going to work together in a second but also just like talking to some of these vendors they're so wonderfully kind and like getting to know them and going to their websites and because some of them I hadn't heard of before how can you hear yeah, of all of the makers as I much know. as I want to especially like being within the making community and seeing all of the amazing things on the app. Of course I want to, but there have been some people who I hadn't heard of and I'm like going to their their websites and being like, oh my gosh, this is so pretty. How am I going to, how I'm going to come home with so much yarn and like, where does it go? What am I, <laughs> I know. what is my plan? I yeah. know. <laughs> And I'm so excited because in thinking about what kind of vendors do we hope to see at the show, it's such a range. There's hand-dyed yarns, but there's also like rustic farm-milled yarns, and there's fiber that you can spin. I believe one of the shops from Bellingham Northwest Yarn is going to be bringing wheels for people to be able to try out. And, you know, there's knitting and there's crochet. And as we continue to grow over the years, we want Flock to be this space for all kinds of fiber, not just knitters, not just crocheters, but to be able to have every type of fiber craft represented. So at the moment, we're just limited by space, but mm -hmm. we're going to get there. <laughs> the world is your oyster, it sounds like. It's beautiful. This year, 2023, Flock Fiber Festival is August 4th through 6th. So literally when this comes out, it will be in a few days. And the only reason that I put this podcast episode so close is because you've already basically sold out of tickets. <laughs> okay, let's talk tickets really quick. So I wanted to hop in here because technically, yes, they have sold their tickets, but do not fret. There are day of tickets that you can purchase starting at 12 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. So keep listening to find out all of the details from Jessica directly but I just wanted to make sure that I made that very clear. All right, let's get back to it. So it was more of like a, hey, let's talk about your story. Let's talk about the story of your shop and flock and to know that you're probably going to do this again next year so people can keep their eyes open for yes. it. My little sneak peek is I'm meeting with the Seattle Convention Center next week. Nope, this week. Gosh, before you even done the first one. That's amazing. I, I, Okay, that's the other thing I learned. You have to plan so far in advance for venues. Yeah. There's a new convention center space in Seattle that is the most gorgeous building I've ever seen in my entire life. And it can fit so many people. Mm -hmm. So we're keeping our fingers crossed that works for next year. Okay, you heard it here first, everyone. Yep. Okay, so 
It is this weekend. Please tell everybody if they are listening to this before the 4th through the 6th. Yes. How and they they're like I need to be there. Yes. How can they do? Yes. Okay. Our venue fits over a thousand people at a time, but we have sold out of our pre-sale tickets. So we are going to sell day of tickets starting at noon on both Saturday, August 5th and Sunday, August 6th, which we're hoping gives everybody who's bought a pre-sale ticket a couple of hours to like go in, make their purchases, start to wander out, and then we'll be letting people in as others leave. We're not at risk of day of tickets selling out. It's just a question of how quickly we're gonna be able to get people in and out of the space. We're not like, we're not going to rush you and be like, you've got 15 minutes. Go buy your yarn. Supermarket sweep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much yarn but can yarn. you grab? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, bring your work in progress. If, they're, if you're planning to come day of, you might be hanging out in line for just a little bit. And please bring your patience. This is our first year and we have literally no idea what to expect. We've tried to think through every single what if that could take place, but inevitably something's going to go wrong mm -hmm. and we'll... We're going to be doing our best. Yeah, definitely. Everyone be kind. Jessica is doing her best. Everybody is doing their best. If you're in the Seattle area or Pacific Northwest in general and you want to join in on the Flock Fiber Festival Fund, or if you're a jet setter and you just can get on a plane whenever you want, come join Flock Fiber Festival August 5th and 6th at Hangar 30 in Magnuson Park. Normally, we talk about what we have found inspiring in the making app. However, I want to talk about how we're working together with Flock Fiber Festival because it will be in the making app. Okay, listeners, so clearly I recorded this last week, but everything is in the app now. So if you don't have the making app, go to themakingapp.com, download it, sign up for an account. If you do have the making app, make sure you have the latest version of the app and it will be inspiring. And it is inspiring. <laughs> when we started chatting about how Making and Flock could partner, one thing was very clear. We we're both very into creating community, a community where everyone belongs, a safe and inclusive space. And I do have to admit, I have not been to a lot of the big fiber gatherings that you see everybody posting about in the past. The stars just never aligned. But I have seen everyone that I follow posting. I've also seen others wishing that they could make it. So recognizing that not everyone can whisk themselves away for a weekend of fun, maybe due to finances, they can't leave work or their kids, or maybe they just don't like crowds. We started brainstorming and wanted to start with this idea of how can making an app with a wonderful community that's online bring the joy of flock, a festival with a wonderful community in person, like, how can we bring those things together? How can we bring flock to those who can't make it in person? I mean, maybe Jessica can confirm I had 5 million ideas <laughs> just floating around in my head. <laughs> yeah, the first conversation was like this dream world of all of the things yes. that we can do. <laughs> you know, we are still a startup and we as an app with a tiny but mighty team have not fully rolled out all of the features that we have imagined what making will be in the long run. So there were some ideas like a flock shop on our marketplace filled with vendors so that you could also buy online. That had to be tabled. And there is next year. Finished goods in the marketplace are hopefully coming soon. But I do know what we are good at, and that is telling stories. So Jessica connected me with some of the vendors that had expressed interest, and we're putting together a schedule of interviews and chats so that you, whether you're attending or not, 
can get to know these amazing artists better. To join in on the fun and see the live vendor meet and greets in the Making app. Again, make sure you have the Making app downloaded. You're signed up or if you already have the Making app, you have the latest version downloaded. Then once you have the app open, tap Discover. So at the very top, you will see a banner that says Flock Fiber Festival. We'll get to that in a second. So to RSVP to get to know these super fab vendors. Scroll down to events, tap view all, and you'll be able to click in an RSVP. We will be sending confirmation emails with information on how to join in. And we will also send a reminder day of. If you see a vendor and you're like, I really want to get to know them, but I can't do it at that time. RSVP anyways, because we're going to be sending you a little note once the video is uploaded to the making app. This is a quick note for all of our Android users. Okay, friends, we totally get it. We are trying so hard to implement a fix so that you are also able to experience events. In the meantime, I've put together a little bit of a workaround for you. You're going to go through the same process. Open up the making app, tap discover. You'll see the banner at the top. Instead of scrolling down, swipe left and you'll see banners there that are specifically for you. The event info is in there and the meet and greets will be listed in the link and will be live by Saturday morning. We appreciate you so much and thank you for your patience. Again, we're really trying hard for a fix and eventually it will be. It just might not make it in time for this weekend. We'll see though. Thanks for being awesome. And y'all, these vendors are just so fantastic. Not only is everybody so flippin' talented, <laughs> but they are just like the kindest humans. So definitely RSVP, get to know these people, and let us bring a little bit of Flock Fiber Festival to you. We're just really stoked. And hopefully you guys will be able to meet some of the newer vendors that maybe haven't done a fiber show or that you haven't been introduced to before. They're all really pretty amazing. So it'll be fun to learn more about them. And everyone is so excited. I was like, maybe a few vendors will be excited to like chat with me. And everyone's like, love this idea. <laughs> I know. Everyone's I, so enthusiasm excited enthusiasm is so wonderful. And so like, I would just say, you know, if you can't make it to Flock and you don't have it in your budget to purchase any yarn, like at least get to know these people because the love that they have for their craft is just like it it oozes through the screen it's just amazing yeah. it's so inspiring very inspiring yay so let's talk a little bit about what we're doing for the people who can attend flock fiber festival all of the information that you need for the event is in the making app so again make sure that you have downloaded the app at themakingapp.com and you have signed up or you have the latest version of the app on your phone, then you're going to, again, click Discover. At the top, you'll see that banner. So let's talk about that. Once you tap into that banner, you will have everything that you need for Flock Fiber Festival, including the venue map, the event schedule, and also bingo. For people who are at the event, we wanted to put something together that was just like a fun way to meet people and to build your community. So it's called Build Your Flock Bingo. And it's just fun. It's just silly things like meet somebody who traveled over a thousand miles to be at the show or find a fiber that you've never seen before or visit a coffee shop while you're in Seattle. 
just ways to just experience the show a little bit more and meet people while you're at it. The vendors are all donating towards a raffle prize. You know, it'll be on our system. If you get a bingo, get a raffle ticket, and then we will be giving out this amazing raffle prize with all kinds of goodies from the vendors who are participating at the show. I'm so stoked. It's like just around the corner. Oh, and making will have a booth there too. I totally... <laughs> oh, right. That. <laughs> oh, right. So yeah, the booth. We're going to be at booth 35. We have some fun stuff planned for our little in-person experience. Come get creative with us. We're going to be putting together some maker community art. I wish I could tell you more. You're just going to have to see it. Come participate. If you're unable to be at Flock, don't worry. We will be posting all of our art all over the internet, including in the making up, of course. And we'll also be collecting maker stories. So, um, you know, come with some good stories. We want to hear them all. I will be there when I'm not doing vendor interviews. Ashley will be there, David, and my friend Val. We're excited to meet y'all. So swing by and say hi and get creative with us and tell your story. So yeah, I'm very excited. And we're like right when you walk in too. So I'm we're gonna be like the part of the greeting committee. Yeah. <laughs> like David some, and like, Ashley and Val. Are you ready to do lots of waving? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone. Let's end with a moment of gratitude. What are you grateful for this week? Like you said, we're like flock is is imminent. It's so soon. I am really grateful for the support system that I have in keeping the rest of my life afloat while flock has been in progress. The team at the shop and my family have been like, oh my gosh, absolutely amazing and keeping me sane over the last couple of weeks. So I am very grateful for all of that support and the enthusiasm that everybody has for this show. It's it's just intoxicating being so excited about it. I'm grateful for the support from the community too. I'm grateful for this community. From the moment that we started talking, like the amount of, I don't know, acceptance and love that I felt from you specifically was like, it was just so wonderful. And everybody that I've talked to, all of the vendors that were, that I'm going to be interviewing, like everybody's just so great. Yeah. It's just a reminder of like why we built the making app, why we love being in this community and why we're so excited to like have this in-person experience with everybody. So I'm very grateful for all of that. Thank you so much for joining me. I, again, I'm so stoked. Everybody, if you're able to join us at Flock Fiber Festival this weekend, it will be this weekend, but specifically August 5th and 6th, there are day of tickets available. Again, bring your whip. Hangar 30, Magnuson Park in Seattle, Washington. And if you can't make it this year, Definitely RSVP to all of the vendor interviews in the making app because, again, you really will want to, to get to know these people. Let's keep looking out for next year because it's going to happen. It is going to happen. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Thank you again so much. Is there anything Thank else you. that you want to say to everybody? You're like, oh, my brain has done enough. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know. See you at Vlog. To join the amazing community of makers in the making app, head to themakingapp.com to download and sign up or head to your favorite app store and search making. You can listen to the Making Conversation podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, we'd love for you to subscribe and share with your friends. But also, did you know that you can listen to the Making Conversation podcast in the making app? Open up the making app and click discover. Scroll down to podcasts 
and you'll see all current and past podcasts listed there. You can listen while you scroll the feed, post details in a project, search through the marketplace, or even just have it out while you're working on your favorite whip. If you've made it this far and you're interested in sponsoring Making Conversation, send us a note at hq at makingco.com and we'll be in touch. As always, thanks for listening and we'll see you in the Making app.